Wheeling Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Hi, this is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast, and welcome to a special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We're here at the Florida International Air Show 2023. Excited to be uh, volunteering this year, and, and helping me is Tom Frick. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going, Carl? I am actually wonderful and having a wonderful time here so far. It's just gotten started, but we've some, seen some really cool things, haven't we? Yeah, and, and it's shaping up. It's early in the morning. It's The gates just opened, and people are starting to file in, and I'm looking really forward to this. Well, we're going to go out and get some uh, interviews for some vendors, also some uh, pilots that are out here, performers, and other folks that are volunteering throughout here. Some really cool stuff, airplanes, static displays, etc., and some amazing things that they're doing here at the Florida International Air Show. They truly do give back to the community. Yes, they do, and, and we uh, we appreciate it, and that's why we wanted to help out. Yeah, absolutely. We love uh, volunteering here for the air show uh, with the Stuck Mike Avcast. And of course, we're inside the Aviation Careers podcast booth. If you're listening to this, uh, you can come visit us. We're right near the Jumbotron at the uh, show center. Well, Tom, let's go get some interviews. All right, let's do it. Let's go check it out. Again, Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting here at the Florida International Air Show. Find out more at floridaairshow.com, and you can listen to these interviews all year wrong. Let's go get some interviews. Hey everyone, Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for the Florida International Air Show 2023. And we are here right in front of the Air Force Reserve with Master Sergeant White. And uh, they have something really kind of cool going on out here. And it looks like there's lots of kids lined up. Master Sergeant White, uh, welcome. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. What's going on here today? This looks really cool. Looks kind of exciting. Yeah, so obviously at the, at the air show, massive air show, where we get 40,000 plus people to come by, and this is the Air Force Performance Lab. You have the Air Force Active Duty, which, which I am, and you have the Air Force Reserve, Air National Guard out here, as well as other components, Air Force ROTC. And so we're out here just to engage the community, to talk to them about the Air Force mission. Oh, cool. So what, what is it, what's the benefit to somebody here looking at the possibility of going to the Air Force Reserves? So there's the different components provide different benefits. Air Force Reserve and Air National Guard, that's a part-time career where you're looking at probably going to college, maybe full-time, where you're sitting here and you are able to work one weekend out of the month, two weeks out of the year. But then we have Air Force Active Duty, which is uh, what I do, the Air Force Recruiting Supervisor of Southwest Florida. I'm over the active duty recruiters. And what you get to do there is you get to travel the world while going to college. And so it's a full-time job instead of a part-time job like the Air Force Reserves or Air National Guard. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize there's some incredible benefits about going into a job in the Air Force. Uh, you have medical benefits, you have retirement benefits. I think that's amazing. For somebody who's younger, it's try to, hard to motivate them to, to look at those kind of things. It's a really cool job. You get to see some really cool places. But maybe you could speak towards that. I mean, retirement, gosh, you have medical care for life if you retire. No, completely uh, all true statements because one of the biggest things is when you come into the Air Force, a lot of times you're coming in at 18 like I did and you do 20 years, you retire, uh, you get a pension, and 
the Air Force has been contributing towards your retirement, if you contributed towards your retirement first as well, because they have a TSP, um, so you get those both benefits. But one of the biggest benefits of coming in at 18 is you get to learn a trade. So it's very similar to going to a trade school where you're gonna get college credits for going to that school, and that school could be anywhere from five weeks, which my school was as a medical logistician, and that's more than you do a lot of learning on the job versus a school as a linguist where you go out to Monterey, California and you're in school for two years, then you go do your job there. So the great thing is you're not incurring college debt, but you're getting to learn a skill that is very usable on the outside. So wait a minute, you don't have to pay for any of this. No, you don't have to pay for a dime of it. And what I love about it too is that skill that you learn on the outside a lot of times you're going to get certifications in the Air Force that will also translate um, not just that one skill but many many certifications that a lot of people when they're in their early 30s or late 30s they haven't even achieved yet and you're achieving that as a you know late teen early 20s young wow. adult. Hats off to all the folks that are in the military and doing what they're doing at such a young age, like you mentioned. But you know, we all, we're out here at an air show and everybody's looking at airplanes. There's so much more to the military than just flying airplanes. There is, so the one thing that I love is I get asked all the time, are you a pilot? And um, I, I say I love that because even though I'm not, I get to tell people that only 4% of the Air Force are pilots. Our main mission in the Air Force is to fly, fight, and win, right? We, we control the skies. But the only way that you can do that is by having a base that contributes to keeping those planes up in the air. So you have to have medical to take care of all the personnel that are working on the aircraft. You have to have intel to be able to tell the pilots where they're gonna fly to, what they're gonna, you know, what their mission's gonna be. And then that 4% of pilots are out there flying and executing that mission. Um, so that, so it's only 4%, the other 96% come see what we do, you know? And that's how I tell people, check out airforce.com. Also, a lot of people don't know right now we're recruiting for the Space Force as well. So, you know, that is a, a exciting question that I get asked because I they can then expand on that a lot. Yeah, I love the logo of the Space Force. What, what does someone do in the Space Force? So a lot of our Air Force jobs transitioned over to Space Force. There's only one Space Force job that's singularly Space Force, which is Space Systems Operations. You think of anything that you have that talks to, you know, satellites control. You're talking about the uh, GPS systems, you're talking about cellular systems. We're, we're always looking at radars and we're talking, you know, making sure our satellites are communicating so that we can further accomplish the Air Force mission. But also now there's that space mission and that's huge because uh, when, when you look at what's going on in the world right now and, you know, how are we gonna progress in the future without being able to control the space domain as well. Absolutely agree. You know, if somebody is wanting to come here to the air show today, they can visit right here, but uh, you can actually find out more. Say this is a month later, you're listening to this. You can go to airforce.com. Airforce.com, but? Or spaceforce.com. Or spaceforce.com. This is actually so cool that you guys do this out here. And I always ask people this, as far as, as your service, what, what is like your favorite part about being in the service, like being in the Air Force? For me, I'm a people person, so that's why I'm a recruiter. Um, I'll never forget when I, when I was uh, 18, I actually asked my recruiter, I said, how'd you get this position? Because I love helping people out. I would say just serving the community, serving not just the community, but serving in the United States, uh, serving the United States, because only 1% of the military serve. And, and to expand on that, I would also say just getting to meet the people and the relationships that I've built that 
would have never been built. I have friends not just all over the country, but all over the world. So that's that's what I love about my service. Wow, you can get trained, travel the world, have a skill. You come out, it's all paid for. Uh, retirement. Uh, what's the downside? Well, you know what? I <laughs> truthfully, I tell people that if I could do this again over, I, I would do it a thousand times over. You know, definitely there are some some hard moments. There are hard moments when you got to leave your family, and, and we have people getting ready to ship out that'll be swearing in here that the Thunderbirds will be swearing in uh, before they go out and fly, and they raise their right hand and say the oath of enlistment, and then on Monday they're going to ship out to basic training. So there is a big sacrifice that comes along with military service, and I think a lot of people do understand that, um, and that's that's sometimes what holds people back. But again, that's one of the great benefits is you get 30 days of paid vacation from the start, right? So you will get to go see people and people will be able to come visit you. There is that sacrifice mentality that you have to have though to serve. And we really appreciate those that serve and we appreciate what you're doing here and promoting the message of the Air Force and the Air Force Reserves. And uh, hats off to everybody that's serving right now. We can't wa wait to watch that and that swearing in. Hats off to those recruits. Anything else you want to say about the Reserves and where they might be able to find you online? Well, so you can find uh, Air Force Active Duty, Air Force Reserves, Air Force National Guard, um, even civilian careers in the Air Force, all on airforce.com. So please visit that, you know, and if you come out and see us, just know that you know, ever, whether it's at an Air Force office or at an event, that uh, we just love to talk to people and help people out. There's never a commitment that needs to be made just because you're talking to an Air Force recruiter. Just come by, get some information. Maybe you just don't know what's right for you until you have that conversation. Well, Master Sergeant White, we really appreciate your service. We appreciate what you're doing here and getting the word out here. Again, airforce.com. You can check out everything there and also links to everything else that they're doing. Today is just going to be so much fun. I'm watching the kids line up here. Heck, I want to line up and do this. It looks like fun on the inside. But if you're interested in a career somewhere where you, they'll pay for everything and you get retirement benefits and it's a lot of fun, there's incredible camaraderie. I think Air Force is terrific. Thanks again. Hey, thank you so much. Take care. I'm Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for Florida International Air Show here 2023 and uh, right in front of the Air Force Reserve, Air National Guard and Air Force Recruiting Tent. Check them out right here at Show Center. If not, go check out their website, airforce.com. You can find out more about these interviews at floridaairshow.com. Hi everyone, Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast here reporting for Florida International Air Show 2023. And I'm here with Sarah, who's actually somebody from Florida Power and Light. And these are the folks that are actually a big sponsor here at the show, and they do something really cool with drones. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. You know, uh, it was uh, just recently I found out about your sponsorship, and I think it's so incredible what you folks do at FPL as far as outreach to the community. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that first and talk about then what we're doing here at the show. Sure thing. So the first thing we do is we're sponsoring a literacy program. It's called uh, Earn Your Wings. And so once we heard about the Earn Your Wings sponsorship that you know the uh, local kids are um, eligible for, we decided, hey, air show, hey, we're doing more and more with drones. Let's bring drones to the air show because we support STEM education. So kind of grew from there. Absolutely. You know, the wonderful thing about STEM is it's it's actually something that's that's a, a big wide net and anybody can get involved with it. But a lot of people think that that they can't do this, you know, and that's what's really cool about what you're doing is you're introducing some really young folks to the, the science, technology, engineering and math. Uh, as far as as your personal outreach in the FPL, there's many things you folks do throughout the state and actually the country even. 
That's true. Yeah, we, we're part of a much larger company called NextEra, which is our parent company. Uh, but here in Florida, and I, so I run education for FPL, and we're in about maybe 60, 70% of the state in terms of servicing them. And we need talented, innovative, technology-savvy uh, technology individuals. And you have to start early. So that's why we really love robotics. But we also like drones. We like, so there's robots in the air, and then there's robots in the water, too. We do sea perch, which are robots in the water. But anything to get kids interested and engaged and enriched uh, is a good thing. Absolutely, sea perch, another great example. Uh, and, and some people that have actually gone out and, and gotten involved in, say, sea perch, they decided not to go towards towards that, towards the, the drones, et cetera. They went into something else in engineering and have had this very fulfilling career. So hats off to what you folks do there. Uh, but as far as the, concerning the folks that are really interested in getting into these technology fields and all, I mean, a lot of people think, gosh, they can't do it because it's so expensive. Yeah, what do you say to them? Um, I don't think it's expensive. I mean, first of all, all these kids we've got here, we've got about 100 kids from all over, primarily South Florida, some Central, and they're just going to regular high schools, and some savvy teacher said, hey, I want to do something with the kids, and look at all these kids here, and they're, you know, all, they're boys and girls, very diverse group, and all they have to do is just say yes and get involved, and they're gonna they're gonna hit their adulthood with a lot more skills and certifications and life experience than kids who don't pursue that. So I think it's really important. Absolutely, and it, it helps you in in your career, but also in your life. You get to do those things you may not have been able to do just if you do something without a skill. And that's a, this is something that's really neat that you're doing here is you're promoting the cool side, yeah. and that's flying the drones. Uh, it, what would like somebody like an FPL use a drone for? Oh my gosh, we I, th I heard a stat, and I'm going to get it wrong probably, but we launch more drones than your average commercial airport on, wow. a, on a daily basis because we use them to patrol our lines, to do vegetation management. We have them at uh, fly over our substations after a lot of rain to make sure there's no flooding. We use them to just pretty much every, every part of our business, we're finding that drones are very helpful. And in fact, over here in the west coast of Florida after last year's horrible hurricane, we were the first to be able to work with emergency uh, response teams to launch our drones to survey the damage and figure out how we could get uh, emergency responders to different places that might have been cut off. So drones are huge. Something that's really helping people and, and uh, actually changing their lives. I think that's incredible what you're doing. What are you doing here at the show? Uh, actually, tell us a little bit about, uh, I think it's a drone race that's going on. Yes, this is actually our first. It's a competition, and but some of the teams are new too, so they can just come out here and sort of feel what it's like to be, you know, in a watch the competition, and then there's going to be a series of more opportunities for them to compete locally and then ideally nationally throughout the academic year. So it's our first time we've been at an air show and we've learned a lot actually and the air show has learned a lot and we hope we hope that this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship with both this air show here and others in florida as well because it really goes well together absolutely there's there's nothing like an air show that brings people in that are tech geeks too and uh, and also this drone thing here i mean that's incredible you partner though with some local organizations and what do you do there we partner with an organization called uh, Drones in School, and this is our third year with them, and uh, every year we get bigger and bigger, and they, so they're a nonprofit, and FPL knew that we need, we, really our big thing now is we need people who know how to think, how to use technology, and how to think out of the box, 
and to create these little drone things, you know, requires a lot of time on the part of the students and, and the teachers, frankly, are learning too, and how to go through the obstacle course, how to cheer, um, you know, your teammates on. Well, there's a community aspect, they have to do a community project, they have to talk about why they're doing it. So, and those are the kinds of people that we want to hire at FPL, but that Florida needs as well. We need trained people to, to right now we're in a, a job crisis. I mean, we need people who know how to get things done. Absolutely, critical thinking is important. Engineering is important. What other kind of jobs are there at a place like FPL where say somebody doesn't want to get in the technology side? All kinds of things. I mean, right now, I'd say we're, we're looking for people who can take care of our poles and wires, who aren't afraid to work outside and, you know, and it's, there's a bit of danger there. So we, uh, you know, have a very thorough training program, but we're using AI. We are, you know, we're using coding. I'm hearing that coding may change because AI may replace coding. Um, but we just, like cybersecurity, IT, engineering of course but everything under the sun renewable energy you know related absolutely and these jobs are actually life-changing to somebody who maybe has come from a challenged background uh, just look at three to four times what someone's gonna make in another you know uh, median income you're gonna make in this type of jobs that are in FPL there's some amazing opportunities the other cool thing about FPL is the fact that they do promote from within yeah. so you can you can be there working in any type of a clerical job and suddenly be go into management years later that's true if you show initiative and you want to learn and you want to keep improving um, your day-to-day -day or you're happy where you are you know whatever there are endless opportunities because everything is changing we are evolving so much as a company as a state so yeah find your right footing spend the time uh, doing what makes you happy and keep learning and and learning how to think and solve problems Absolutely. We're so happy you're here. FPL.com. We can find out more on their website, all the different things that they do. By the way, I, I really highly recommend you reach out to FPL.com and see what they're doing for the community. Uh, it's a lot more than you think. Uh, it's a drill down from their, their website there. How about you? Do you like the air show? I love it. I, we were, <laughs> so, since we're a sponsor, we were here last night to um, watch the, the show at night, which was probably a completely different experience than what we're going to see today. But it was super exciting, really fun. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And people, their dreams come true at, at air shows. And if you can dream it, you can do it. And you can walk up to these people, these performers, and talk to them. P talk to people at FPL. If you have an interest in engineering, if you have an interest in drones, it, it's real simple. Just walk up. People friendly like you that can do that. Anything else you want to say about the show or anything else about FPL? No, just thank you for the opportunity to talk about you know what we do as a company and you certainly check out fpl.com if you're interested in the education fpl.com slash education fpl.com slash education uh, if you're listening to this and you want to check out actually what they're doing here with the drones real simple just look at the vendors and uh, you can't miss it it's actually a big booth with the drones in front of it we're really excited to have you here this year by the way FPL it's a terrific what you're doing and what you've done for the community and, and you've truly as a company evolved and uh, and it really you know it is something that I'm excited about about being you know a resident here and seeing that our local our local companies are reaching out to the community so thanks so much thank Thank you. Really appreciate it. Well, it's Carl Valeri reporting for the Florida International Air Show. And if you want to check out more, go to FloridaAirShow.com. And you can find out more about FPL, FPL.com, FPL.com slash education. Well, we'll talk to you in the next uh, episode. Come up here again. Carl Valeri, Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for Florida International Air Show 2023.
Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for the Florida International Air Show 2023. I'm here with Derek Kanufke from uh, the actual Military Heritage Museum that's actually just a few miles down the road. By the way, it's one of my uh, favorite military museums out there. There is so much in there that is both interactive and the people there are absolutely terrific. I hope that's a good plug for you, Derek. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. So, Derek, what can people expect at the uh, Military Heritage Museum? I know they can see you here, uh, but uh, if they're listening online, when they go visit Punta Gorda, there's this incredible heritage museum. Yeah, so we have about 17,000 square feet. Um, a lot of folks remember us from when we were in Fisherman's Village in a very small facility. Um, we moved several years ago, um, but we're just about a quarter mile down Marion from Fisherman's Village. So very close. Sometimes it's a little tough to see. We're behind some trees, um, but it's a great museum. Like I said, 17,000 square feet. Um, our first floor is exclusively devoted to galleries. So all the way from the Revolutionary War, all the way up through Afghanistan on our first floor there. Um, in addition to that, we have a ship store where we sell a lot of um, books that are coming through, uh, cycle through the library in addition to just kind of, uh, you know, museum specific memorabilia. And then on the second floor, we have flight simulators um, and we also have a virtual reality room and an indoor laser range and a learning lab on the second floor. You know, one of the things that I love about it there is the fact that you have all these people that are docents and people that volunteer and they, the majority have had some type of service either in the military or airlines. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the volunteer coordinator for the museum. We have in excess of 150 active volunteers. Um, in terms of the number of people that have volunteered and may come back, it's far, far more than that. But we actually do have 150 that do at least a shift a week. Um, and um, the majority are veterans, but we don't discourage anybody who's not a veteran. We have a lot of non-veterans that serve as volunteers in the museum as well. If I'm visiting the area, about how much time should I give myself to go visit the Military Heritage Museum? And you can find out more, by the way, online, militaryheritagemuseum.org. That's a great question. Um, a history buff could spend all day there. And if they really wanted to invest the time in the galleries to read basically everything that's there, you really couldn't get through it in... Um, in a day. Um, but for just a kind of casual museum goer, about two hours is a good planning factor. Um, we do have a lot of things for smaller kids. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that. Uh, we're trying to become a little more kid friendly so we can draw those young folks in. But we have scavenger hunts inside the museum. Um, we have the virtual reality room and uh, 10 and over can actually fly the simulators as well. The virtual reality room is really cool. I got to the first time I came, I jumped out of an airplane. Second time I went there is uh, it was actually the Anne Frank Gallery, which was really cool and uh, takes you through the history. It was it was absolutely amazing to go from one thing to the next. And of course, my wife got to drive a tank, and I'm not going to let her drive a tank ever again. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood. So as far as what you give back to the community, I think it's terrific. This is is a venue. Uh, for everybody, veterans, etc. And I think it's incredible, the camaraderie. What else do you folks do here in, in Punta Gorda? So uh, the museum's open from Tuesday to Saturday from 10 to 4, and those are just the opening hours. Um, we do so much more, though. Um, we also have a golf theater. It's called the Golf Theater. It has 247 seats. Um, we typically do tribute shows, and they sell out uh, year in, year out. Really, really good shows. Those are typically on Friday nights, and every once in a while on a Wednesday afternoon we'll also have those shows. Um, really good tribute bands are... Uh, uh, theater director Isaac he's brilliant at what he does so the people that impress him year in and year out continue to re return year in year out so it just gets better every year in the in the uh, theater uh, but we also do a lot of other things we recently did a celebration of life for a 30-year Air Force veteran who had passed um, 60 members of his family came they catered the event they utilized the museum and that's a really cool thing for us because for just a little bit of effort on our part 60 people have a once-of-a-lifetime you know kind of experience there um, but in addition to that we work very closely with Charlotte County Schools um, summer camps weekend mini camps um, 
gosh, I can't even think of all the extracurriculars, if you would, that we do outside of the normal uh, hours of the museum being open. So one thing that's terrific about doing that and outreach to the schools is the fact that, you know, we read about things in the book, but you actually get to experience those things. And also the military, though, you have the whole history of the military, don't you? We do. We do. At least back to 1776, for sure. Um, and yeah, we could continue to grow. We have, uh, and it's such a great location for us, um, just the demographic of this part of Southwest Florida. We get a lot of estate donations. We get a lot of donations from uh, from children of, of former veterans or, or, or current veterans. So yeah, we, we have a, just a, a ton of different things to see, a lot of different private collections, some on loan, but a lot's been just donated to the museum. So uh, it's definitely a great place to go. And just in terms of what it gives to our volunteer force, whether they be veterans or not, it's just a really cool social space for them. Um, a lot of them will figure out who their friends are, they'll get on the same shifts, and then you know they come just as much to see their friends and catch up as they do anything else. And it's, just, it's a safe space for veterans, whether they were you know, from 1971 to 1972 at the end of Vietnam or whether they did 20 or 30 years and retired. Um, I did 21 years and retired, and I, I just love the place. It's fantastic. Well, I appreciate your service and all those people that do volunteer at the uh, at the museum. And again, that's militaryheritagemuseum.org. And uh, the other cool thing you talked about, the social aspect, you know, I go in there to read everything. My wife goes in there to socialize. And what was really cool is she served in the Navy. And, of course, she meets somebody that's in the Navy. I couldn't drag her out of there. I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and we do. You know, we have folks that will volunteer, you know, a three-hour shift every week. Some of them a three-hour shift every other week. And then some of them will put in 20 or 30 hours a week uh, in the museum. So it really does become almost like a second family for a lot of folks. And again, like I said, it's just a, it's just a safe space for everyone uh, to come and just, you know, kind of feel supported. Um, we've got a lot of veterans with PTSD. They can find a safe space there to sit and talk with, with fellow vets. And it, it, it's just a really special place, not only, I think, for the community to come visit, but just for what it does. Again, 150 folks, that's a, that's a lot of volunteers. So. Wow. Entertainment and actually outreach and education. It's all there. Militaryheritagemuseum.org. Uh, I really appreciate you coming here and talking to us and being here at the event and everything you do. Uh, where else, as far as uh, this type of event, where else are you going to see you throughout the year? Are you going to have mobile uh, visits? Um, this is kind of one of our bigger ones. Um, we, well, we also host events in the in the uh, museum for you know kind of special days july 4th veterans day we have a program for veterans day starting at 11 o'clock on the 11th um in our theater um beyond that it's really we're, we're you know we're community friendly uh we have a really cool remote control tank company if you want to call it that we've got an incredible volunteer who restores them at his house and then he takes them on the road um here on the 9th i believe of november he's going to uh one of the middle schools, or I'm sorry, one of the elementary schools up in Port Charlotte to set up the tanks, let kids drive the tanks. So, yeah, it really just kind of the sky's the limit. If, if folks want us to be part of what they're doing, just give us a call and we'll do what we can to support it. Another important thing, too, is say if you're listening and you're in Michigan right now, is that uh, militaryheritagemuseum.org. You can learn a lot from that website. If you're someone that's doing research, also they do have a really cool library there. And I think you can actually, uh, as a visitor, go in and look at the, the books if you wanted to. Yes, absolutely. So it's not a lending library. So we're kind of converting it because it's a beautiful space and we don't have enough space in the museum. So we're converting our library to something we're calling a learning lab, more interactive. Um, we have just received a special grant um, to put in a projection screen and we'll get 30 sets of 3D glasses. So we'll be able to do 3D movies um, we've got a different type of virtual reality that's going to be in that learning lab, a little bit different than our virtual reality room. This is more a, a lead experience where eight folks can go through the same experience together. 
Um, and that's all in the offing. We're just kind of waiting for all the parts to come into place. The funding is there. Now we just need to get the equipment. Absolutely wonderful place, wonderful talking to you. Uh, MilitaryHeritageMuseum.org to find out more. To listen to this interview, you can go to FloridaAirShow.org. Anything else, Derek, you want to say about the, the museum or else the show here? No, just come see us. Come see us and, and, and you know, set aside an afternoon or, or a morning and, uh, yeah, come out and see us. Yeah, set aside a few hours. If you're a talker like uh, my wife or someone who likes to read everything, it's going to take you all day. As a matter of fact, we've had to come back multiple times. As a matter of fact, you can actually join the museum uh, and come back as much as you want, can't you? That is true. Absolutely. Find out all that online at militaryheritagemuseum.org. Derek, thanks so much for your service and thanks for your time here. And you can find out more there or at the air show if you're here on premises, uh, not too far from show center here, militaryheritagemuseum.org. Org. This is Carl Valeri with a Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for the Florida International Air Show 2023. Find out more at FloridaAirShow.com. Hello, folks. This is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm here at the Florida International Air Show 2023 here in Punta Gorda, Florida. We're here with Lee Collins, which is who's with the National Flight Training Alliance. Uh, really interesting organization. We've uh, heard a lot about uh, the pilot shortage, and they're hopefully going to do something about that, but also more than that. Lee, thanks so much for coming by. Well, thank you for being here. Welcome to Southwest Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one of our favorite places to go on vacation, that's for sure. Uh, we were just talking to the people at the Military Heritage Museum. There's the beaches. There's great restaurants we went out to. Just, just a wonderful spot, isn't it? It absolutely is, and it's also a real hot spot for uh, flight training around the country. Between South Florida, whether it's Southeast or Southwest Florida, Texas, and Arizona, more than 60% of the flight training in the country is done in those three areas. And that's why we're here. I mean, and because of the weather. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, you can fly almost every single day. So the National Flight Training Alliance that you helped form is an organization that actually is helping people move forward in their careers in, in a very positive manner. Tell us a little bit as to why you guys started this organization. So over the course of my career, I was an airline guy originally and worked up in D.C. for many, many years in government and legislative affairs. And one of the things that was noticed over that time is there was never... There was never anyone occupying the seat for the flight training folks. That voice was not being heard. That, that, that sector of aviation, their interests, their expertise was, was sorely missing and needed. And what we recognized a couple of years ago is that somebody needed to step into that spot and occupy that and then do it in a way that was not only professional but experienced and had the interests of the industry, not an individual flight school or flight training provider, but literally the interests of an industry at their their core of, of what they wanted to do, at the, the center of what their focus was. That the health of the industry, I like to say a rising tide gathers all boats, right? Mm -hmm. If the industry was healthy, those in the industry could not help but benefit from that. So that was really the impetus behind why I got together with many, I, I'd say seven or eight different flight training providers from across the country. I call them the large to medium size innovators in our industry, the ones who are doing flight training well and different and who are seeing the ability to now look at technology, new technology as a way of making flight training even less expensive for students and more efficient for operators. Sounds like a great organization. It's something we sorely need. As someone who's on the other side of flight training now, I teach in an airline, and uh, and that's something that I think there's, there's, it seems, not a big voice for me that's at the airline to be able to pass some knowledge towards the other people in the industry. Hopefully National Flight Training Alliance is doing that. That's why the Alliance 
phrase was adopted because what we noted early on within just the first few months, the acceptance from the folks, not just in DC on Capitol Hill and the regulators, but from other sectors of the industry, the level of acceptance was overwhelming and in some cases unexpected because people like from the, from the airline world who, who benefit from a strong training industry, who may not necessarily be in the industry themselves, but have an interest in seeing that industry survive and thrive, said, how can we be a part of it? How can we team with you and partner with you to be in this for the long haul? And so we said, you know, this is really not going to be an association. This is going to be an alliance across all sectors. And as we grow and as we mature, I think that's a, a natural progression for us. Well, you got me sold. I, I tell you, one thing I think a lot of the traveling public doesn't realize is how important training is, both for efficiency and, and directly affects them and their ticket price, but also for safety. If we could just have some better standardization in, within the industry, that'd be terrific. Is that something that you guys are looking towards? It absolutely is, because what you're saying is, is what someone like myself and others know, having come from that airline background. In other words, if we can begin training pilots immediately at the private pilot level in those techniques and standardization methods we use at the airline or at the sort of the end user level, it's, it's more efficient for everyone. And I think that's something that we're really highlighting to schools. And I think that it's important to have this alliance to bring everybody together because I see it with the airline that I don't mention I work for, but we actually start them around as a private pilot and then they're flying actually at the airline. And it's so wonderful to see somebody who was just flying in a Cherokee and now I'm teaching them how to fly in an Airbus. A lot of it is talent and training and that's something we have to get across, I feel personally, and that's what I think National Flight Training Alliance will do. Absolutely, and we also stress to these, these young students early on developing that mental toughness, that discipline, because that's not something they can teach you at the airline level. You have to develop that as part of your matriculation up the ladder, and we're really focusing on that as well. So for somebody who's looking at this organization from many different lenses, let's take a look from the, the person starting out, uh, somebody who's just interested in aviation, thinking about going into it as a career, why would they look towards the National Flight Training Alliance? I think they would want to look towards a school that was allied with us, that was part of our group, because we see the providers that are in our orbit as those who are the innovators. The folks looking out over the horizon into how to make training different and better. You know, guys like you and I, it, it's not unusual for us to remember a flight school in the corner of a hangar, a door with a shingle, and some guy behind a desk going, we learn to fly here. That's not the model that's going to be surviving in the coming, you know, next 25, 30, and even 50 years. So we would say become involved with those schools that are those innovators, looking at technology and new methods and new, new um, uh, syllabi. We're working with the FAA regulatorily right now to even look at overhauling part 141 to make it a, a set of regulations that mirrors what we're doing now. You know, most people don't recognize that that code of regulations was written mostly in the 1960s with a slight update in the 1980s, and that's it. So we're saying, can't we kind of get an update here? And I think our schools will be the first on the cutting edge of that. Our, our partners will be there. So if I'm a student, I'm going to say, I want to go somewhere where they're doing it better than it's been done before. If I'm somebody who now is moving up the train, now I'm a flight instructor, I'm working in charter, what will be the reason for me to get involved? I think, you know, for recurrent training, even some of our providers are the ones doing the, uh, the, the, the CTP courses and, and things like that, uh, that are sort of at the end of that training cycle before you go to the airlines. They as well are doing it. They're finding new methods, removing impediments to throughput, um, finding ways to cut costs wherever possible. I think that's of interest to just about anybody that's in aviation. 
Absolutely. How about on the professional side? Someone, well, we're all professionals, but at the side where they're at the end of their career, why would they get involved? So here's, that's a very good question, to, to be honest with you. One of the things we're asking around the industry is, why are the best and brightest pilots that we know no longer available to us? And what I'm talking about are the retired military, the retired airline people. I understand, you know, the guys and, and ladies want to go to the beach or play golf or do something else, but we should be finding ways to attract them into the training industry because they have the vast storefronts of knowledge that can make our students that much better. And so we're really working hard to try to come up with some new methods. And I hope within the next 12 to 18 months to roll something out industry-wide that's going to say to people who are thinking they're done in the industry, actually they're not. There's another place for you. There's so much more that you can do to pay it forward on many different levels at the local flight school, even at a professional school at an airline, because when you retire, it doesn't mean you still don't aren't able to teach. You can teach as long as you want. You can be a simulator instructor, a ground school instructor. There's all of those types of opportunities, and I think the airlines are going to embrace that. I think the, the flight academies are going to eventually embrace that, and I think ultimately the FAA and others are going to say we need to develop some kind of mentorship program that we get behind and promote that allows people to give that some real serious consideration. Absolutely. How do I get involved? I know National Flight Training Alliance, you can find them at Google search also nftaus.org, nftaus.org. That's where you can find them online. What can I do? You can always help by spreading the word. What you do in your business and, the, and, the, and what we're talking about here today will always help. More importantly, go on there and make comments because here's the thing that's different about our organization that so many other trade associations. We're driven from the bottom up. If you're an individual pilot or flight school provider, flight training provider, and you think you've got an idea or you know something that needs looking at that might need changing down the line, we have a way for you to input that right on our website. And that goes not only just to the people that I have that work with me on those, they come to me as well. I see every one of them. And we can reach back out to you and, and dig deeper on that and literally give you a voice, the individual pilot and flight training provider, a voice you've never had before. So how does that work? How do I get a voice, just one person though? Well, by you going on the website and putting in your idea, it's going to highlight it for us. Then we're going to start asking around the industry, is anybody seeing this? Is this a problem that's industry-wide or regionally specific? Or is it maybe a problem that's just for one particular provider that we can work with them individually on? Either way, if it's something that's of wider scope, then we have an, uh, the ability to go to the regulators or the legislators or whomever in the industry and take a look at it with a spotlight and say, how can we fix this? That that's how we generate our policy-driven positions and our ideas for ongoing regulatory improvement. We're asking it to come from the grassroots. It's not being driven from the top down, which so many other, other organizations in aviation do differently. Absolutely. You know, there's always things coming at us, all these different organizations that we can join, especially someone just starting out. Mm -hmm. You know, where do I, you know, how do I allocate my funds and my time? Uh, the cool thing about this, it does seem it's industry-wide. It is, and basic membership is free. You, get, you go on there, you put in your information, you're on our mailing list, it's free. If you want to become part of our leadership team as a director, sponsor, or benefactor, then there are annual dues that you can pay, but they are very reasonable. And I think most people will look at that even beyond the free level and say it's something worth taking a, a strong look at. Yeah, to have a voice and a reasonable voice I think is really important in front of the government, especially from those of us that have been in the training industry for many decades. And we would love to see some changes, some positive changes. We were with the FAA at a very high level, in fact, almost as high as you could get until two weeks ago, let's put it that way, uh, just last week. And, and what was echoed to us was, we are so pleased to see the training industry show up in a professional, 
way in a in an, a way with expertise and commitment and some gravitas that says we're here, we're going to be here, we're not going anywhere. Now let's work together. That that I think they are very happy to be a part of. With being part of this right here is important too. Air shows. I always tell people get out there, talk to people, and spread the word. I think it's terrific that you're here. Yeah, we're you know we're here because we're local, right? Uh, but we also want to support the different groups that help to put the air show on. And like I was telling my wife earlier as we were walking over. This is a great recruiting ground for aviators and mechanics and avionics technicians, all the people who support aviation in, in the professions in the years to come. These young people are out here with their families today, getting maybe even their first their first taste of what it would be like. And it's, it's a great recruiting tool. It's also incredible for us, too. It keeps us motivated because the energy you feel from these kids. I mean, I was just over the drone tent. Those guys are excited, aren't yeah, they? they love it. And I tell you what, we, we virtually everybody we talk to in training now, you know, they've got a high school flight club or a, an, even an elementary STEM uh, curriculum club, and these kids are really juiced about this. They take aviation as a way of, of making what they're learning in the classroom real and experiential, and we, we love being a part of that. Lee, this has been awesome. Lee Collins from the National Flight Training Alliance we're talking to here at the Florida International Air Show. And you can find out more at floridaairshow.org and also go to nftaus.org to find out more about their organization. Anything else you want to tell us about the organization, Lee? Have a great time today. It'll be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Thunderbirds are coming up. It's a wonderful air show. And that's the one cool thing about being at a place like this is meeting people like yourself that truly are passionate about aviation and also want to make a, a difference. So I really I appreciate what you're doing through the the National Flight Training Alliance, and uh, you got me sold. Great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Carl Valeri with the Florida International Air Show 2023. You can find out more at floridaairshow.org or listen to us online, stuckmikeavcast.com. We'll see you in the next episode. This is Tom Frick with the Stuck Mike Avcast. I am at the Florida International Air Show in Punta Gorda, Florida, and I'm standing here with Ted Grouse of uh, Drones in School and... Uh, Man, this, uh, this setup you got in here is pretty cool. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're doing uh, drone racing with students. We have middle school and high school students from around Florida that have come here to uh, race their drones and show off their engineering and their STEM work they've done in their classes. That is so cool. Um, so how do, you, how do you get all these people together? How did your organization get started helping students with drones? Yeah, we founded a nonprofit in 2013 to do STEM work uh, in central Ohio. Um, we expanded into the drone world in 2018 and started doing drone racing. There's just so much excitement with students around drones and the racing aspect. It really provides an opportunity for some of those kids that are into video games to do something real life that's very similar to video games. Gets them out of the, off the couch, out of the basement, outside, doing a lot of fun things. So we pair that with engineering, marketing, and design work. So those students not only learn about drone racing and having fun, they also learn the technical things and gain real-life skills they can use in future careers. That is awesome. So, um, and you guys are associated here with FPL, and um, how, how did you get hooked up with them, and uh, how, how does that work out? Yeah, so uh, Florida Power and Light has an entire team of people called FPL Air that uses drones to troubleshoot their electrical system. And so one of their pilots had heard about us through the racing world, and reached out and said, hey, could we sponsor and get this into school? So they have sponsored $190,000 of equipment going into schools around Florida to help them get started. And we actually have another round right now with $40,000 worth of equipment that we're giving out this school year. That's amazing. And, and, and it's awesome to see how drones are being used in, in, in everyday life, you know, for companies using them and stuff like that. What other avenues would uh, students that do this kind of stuff take to, to use those drones? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. When I started this, I came out of education and kind of the uh, engineering teaching world. And uh, drones are just used everywhere. Uh, they're using them in agriculture. 
Uh, they're using them in natural resources. They're using them in uh, rescue. Uh, obviously, Florida Power and Light. They're using them in bridge inspections for your, you know, your road crews. Uh, it's package delivery now. I mean, it's just the sky's the limit. Uh, literally, you know, for <laughs> what this is going to be. Uh, it, it's just amazing to see. And almost all careers and all businesses are going to have some use of a drone pilot. So these kids can use those skills. And one thing we like is we also allow them to learn marketing and graphic design and engineering and 3D printing. So if they decide they don't want to be a pilot, there's still career opportunities for them in aviation and those connections. Absolutely, and that's awesome. So how do students... Um find you how do, how do they uh, how do they come to learn with you guys yeah so the easiest way is go to our website dronesinschool.com uh, or you just google drones in school it will come up and they can sign up to be part of the group uh, if they're a Florida team if they want to reach out to us through our contact us page on that website we can say they're a Florida team and they're interested in the Florida power and light program we can send them an application and they could apply to get free equipment and get started that's awesome. Tad, this is really great stuff, man. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. So this is Tom Frick with the Stuck Mike Avcast at the Florida International Air Show 2023. This is Tom Frick with the Stuck Mike Avcast at the 2023 Florida International Air Show in Punta Gorda, Florida. And I'm standing here with Dewey Larson of the Top Gun Experience. And this is cool. Dewey, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Yeah. So tell me about what you got here. Uh, I tell you what, I, I am blessed to do what I do, first and foremost. Um, Dream Big Entertainment is the name of my company. We're doing the Top Gun experience. I've been blessed to do this for 14 years. This is plane number seven. Every one of my planes has its own story. But we come out here, the idea was born when I was eight years old. Go to these air shows, you get in cargo planes, helicopters, but you can't touch these fighter jets. So as an eight-year-old kid, I told my dad, I'm going to have my own someday, and I'm going to let everybody in it. So I've been doing it for the last 14 years. I'm never going to work a day in my life. All I do is put smiles on people's faces. So we're here with the Top Gun experience. And all of my planes have a very distinct storied history. So the plane that's out here, the Florida International, is the mighty FA-18 Hornet. This plane actually served in both the Marines and the Navy. She served from 1984 to 2003. She has a very storied career. Like I said, she served in both the, the services. But in 94, she became a Blue Angel. She served on the team from 1994 to 1999. That plays into how I got her because at the end of the 99 season, this is the one that took the hard landing, destroying the rear. Instead of going to the fleet, they actually sent her to Boeing. That became their job to make her fleet capable again. Obviously, they were unable to save her for the fleet, so they struck her from the record at that time, but they kept her maintained as a test asset in the development of the Super Hornet. Simply put, when they were done with the testing, they had already stricken her from the record, they gave it away. They gave it to a former admiral friend of mine, and he had it for 16 years, didn't do much with it. Then I ran into him five years it took me to talk him into giving up, but we got it, and now we're doing the Top Gun experience. And just the real quick thing is, the number one question I get when you come to these shows, everyone's so excited to see it. Not only do they get to get in a fighter jet, but they, they think it's the Maverick plane from the movie. It is not. 
there were three planes that were used for the movie. All three of those planes are now Blue Angels. And then mine's a former Blue Angel that's painted like Maverick. So it's ridiculous. So that's kind of the, the quick story and the ins and outs of what I do and why I do it. And we're just making memories, putting smiles on people's faces, sharing who we are. And uh, that's that's really it. Yeah, and I can tell you that's true. I'm standing here watching just pe- the line of people going up to this thing and just the <laughs> smile from ear to ear when they get up there up in that cockpit. It's that's awesome. That's exactly right. So, go, no, go ahead. So um, the other thing that I was asking, so how do, how do, what do you do when you're not doing air shows? This is it. This is it. This is a full-time job. I do about 30 to 40 shows a year. I travel border to border, coast to coast. I'm based out of Denver, Colorado. Um, I post my schedule at the, normally at the beginning of February, and we kick it in gear. I got two more shows left. I'm here, and then I'm over on the Atlantic um, for the next show, and then I'm, I'm done for two months. But during those two months, I'm re, re, you know cleaning up, refurbishing, getting ready for the next year. I'm contracting shows for the next year. So it really is a full-time job. I take a few weeks off. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So... Yeah. Um, how do people find you? Um, they can find me um, at all all the apps, you know, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on website, and that's uh, www.dream-bigllc.com. Very cool, and uh, I hope they uh, I hope you come see this guy because this is this is like really really cool. Bring your kids out, bring, bring yourself out. I mean, uh, I want to go up in memories. there. Yes, please, please, we'll get you up there, Tom. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, dude, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank, Thank you, man. you so much, man. And um, this is Tom Frank with the Stuck Mike Avcast at the 2023 Florida International Air Show. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed those interviews for the Florida International Air Show 2023. Uh, Tom Frick is joining me here to close out the day. Man, Tom, this has uh, been such a cool show so far. We're actually uh, getting ready for the air show itself to launch uh, with SOCOM. It's going to drop some people out of the airplanes, and then we'll be on to the Thunderbirds and, uh, and a really wonderful show. It has been, man. There's so many cool people around here. Man. I hope everybody enjoys the interviews. Yeah, absolutely. The interviews have been terrific. There's been so many people here that have actually been uh, out there helping other people. And that's one thing I love about this show, that all the money goes right back into the community. As a matter of fact, this show uh, has been so big today, they're having to go to some alternate uh, parking, actually, procedures. And that this is one of the biggest shows they've ever had. And the fact that this all the money that's raised here goes back to the local community and that has been said over and over and over again by everybody here and everybody is so passionate i don't know about you what you feel oh yeah i've, I've been getting the same vibe from everybody it's like they they, they want to help and and that's what they're here for that's what it's all about is how do we help the community and man everybody's having a fun time doing it have, what do you got you got food you got airplanes you got lots of people it's it's awesome you know, I, I always wonder what uh, people's uh, favorite thing is so far with the air show. For me, to be honest with you, it was uh, actually the Air Force Reserve and the recruiter there. It turns out after the interview, he told me that was like one of the first media interviews he's done. He did a great job. He was so passionate about what he does. And you could just see the light come out of his eyes uh, when he talked about what he does for a living and serving this country. How about you? What was your favorite thing so far? So, yeah, for me, too, it was one of the educators. So uh, drones in schools and and. and they were, they were very passionate about what they do and helping kids out and making sure that they're getting into aviation and the different kinds of careers and the different ways that they can apply what they're learning when they get older. Really cool stuff. And, and again, very passionate about what they do. 
Just like us, we volunteer here at all these different air shows, helping people put interviews together for their air show at the Stuck Mike Avcast. And uh, don't forget, we're going to have more shows coming up. And tomorrow, we're going to have many more in interviews. Uh, they're also going to have some more of the air show in the afternoon. It's a two-day event. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to have some other passionate aviators out here today. We really appreciate uh, you listening to us today, and, uh, and both from Tom and myself and the other crew here at the Stuck Mike Avcast and especially Rick Felty for uh, uh, editing the videos and getting it out there. That's really been terrific. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. That'll be for day two here at the Florida International Air Show 2023. You can find out more at floridaairshow.com and also stuckmikeabcast.com. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.